0: What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Thursday, May the third edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, more Dolphins rookie talk as the 360 series lands on Ohio State linebacker Jerome Baker We'll talk about his leadership and character qualities that he'd established at a young age. Go over his strengths and weaknesses both athletically and as a football player, and we'll talk about his role in this defense. Plus, we end the show with a little discussion on what is acceptable for quarterback statistics. But before any of that, I have to remind you guys go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins and check out lockdowndolphins.com. If you like these podcasts, There's even more up on LockdownDolphins.com in terms of video standpoint and graphics and all the stuff you guys crave there for these new rookie draft picks for the Miami Dolphins. And of course, last but not least, check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts like the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and get right into Jerome Baker. That's another Miami Dolphins. So if you guys are familiar with the series so far, you've seen that I really like to go into the player's background, both as their upbringing and just kind of what type of kid or person they are. And... Upon looking up Jerome Baker's name on, you know, all the keywords I use, character, work ethic, coaches, quotes, all that stuff, typed into Google today and found out a really cool story from 24-7 Sports about Baker back in high school when he was a high school athlete. And his father ran a nonprofit program that basically helps kids stay out of trouble. It helps them improve their grades and it creates a fundraising events for certain things they want to do with the kids. So a really, really cool story there. He was learning how to be a role. Model from a very young age, how to be a leader and the ability to adjust the way you lead people because not everyone is led or taught the same. So his ability to adjust between compassion and that in-your-face mentality really goes a long way for what you have to do as a football player. Because let's say Devonte Parker, for instance, just based on what his Snapchat and his mentality and all the SpongeBob and cartoons and all the stuff that he does on social media, he seems to me—and this is total guessing—but you know that's what we do here in the football business. He seems to me like a guy that wouldn't respond very well to the in-your-face Dan Marino grabbing face masks type of leadership. He seems like the kind of guy you'd have to sit down with and kind of get his feelings, that type of thing. Whereas another player, let's just say Kiko Alonso, might respond better to someone grabbing his face mask and giving him the old damn Reno, get your ass up the field, whatever it may be. So that's a very big, important quality to have. Anyone out there that has management experience or coaching experience, you guys know that that's how you have to manage and lead in different ways. So very, very impressive for him. And the fact that he was only 16, 17 years old when he was doing this stuff, just a really phenomenal young man and even a better football player, it seems like, because you go back to when he was paired with Raquan McMillan at Ohio State. That was his best film. That 2016 season, he was fantastic. Earned one of the highest grades among linebackers from ProFootballFocus.com, our sponsor. And if you guys haven't checked out their draft guide yet, please go ahead and do so. I get it for free with the Lockdown Network here via fan rag and all that stuff. And I'm much better off for it. Some of the graphics on the Lockdown Dolphins page on the .com page, talking about Jerome Baker, Mike Gasecki, Kalen Bulosch, and Mika Fitzpatrick up there right now. They have some of those graphics from the PFF draft guide that you guys can check out there. So check that out for a little taste, and then maybe get yourself a subscription going forward. But talking about what Jerome Baker was with Raquan McMillan at Ohio State, look. Urban Meyer coaches up defenses very, very well. They are very, very football savvy and assignment based in what they do. They know their role and they feel it. It's not about making a beeline to the football every time you see it, but rather setting up your buddies to make plays around you and then you'll get your chance. For instance, a blitz against USC in the bowl game this year where he gained leverage against the center on the inside and he had a chance to go for the quarterback. and He may have gotten there. It's a possibility they could have gotten to the quarterback But rather than making that beeline to the quarterback, he displaces the center by running his rush into the center and creating an open lane for his comrade who comes in and cleans the play up and knocks out Sam Darnold. So very, very impressive stuff. You can find that gif on the Lockdown Dolphins piece. And then you see him against Michigan on a cross dog blitz where he goes in there to free up His buddy Raekwon McMillan this time against Wilton Spate, the Michigan quarterback. And he takes a little cross dog. He initially, immediately jams the center with an initial punch and gets him in leverage to take in the direction that he wants to go once again to open a lane. So the way that offensive linemen open up lanes for their running backs, blitzers do the same thing when they have multiple guys coming out to the quarterback. So typically you have a four-man rush. You send a fifth man, you're going to probably try to free him up for a route to the quarterback. If you send six guys, your fifth rusher, the extra linebacker, is probably going to be doing a role to help get the sixth man free. So that's kind of how football works. It's assignment-based. It's stay-in-your-lane based. It's all about teamwork and freeing things up. So Urban Meyer had those guys doing that exceptionally well down at Ohio State. Jerome Baker took to that coaching very well. So did Raekwon McMillan. So pairing these guys together, getting these two guys in tandem is going to have such a ripple effect on this defense because their selfless play helps make other players much much better so are they both ready to contribute immediately that's the hope going forward we've heard a lot of stuff about him being a nickel linebacker jerome baker that is and ray call mcmillan coming off of the acl injury from 2017 so a lot to get into there but we'll discuss all of that next on the lockdown dolphins podcast at wingfield nfl at lockdown fins We are talking Jerome Baker and the 360 series on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We talked about his upbringing, what his father instilled in him, both as a leader and a young man, and some of the stuff that he did at Ohio State from a schematic standpoint. But what about his physical traits that really attracted the Miami Dolphins to this player in the third round, pick number 73, supremely athletically gifted. He ranks in the 90th percentile among all players graded on Kent Lee Platt's RAS ranking system, the relative athletic scorecard. He is at math Bomb on Twitter. Very, very good stuff. I've been using that in all my columns this week, but it just shows you how well he tests in the gym. I should say in gym shorts at the scouting combine, that type of thing. But it shows up on tape and you can see it from a various amount of traits he possesses. Exceptional closing speed and angles to the football. Working both downhill and sideline to sideline. He can unlock his hips and go backwards. He can turn and run with those guys, cover up the slot, cover the tight end, whatever it may be. There was one snap in the Michigan game from 2016 where he is manned up in the slot against Michigan's Amaro Darbo, who got drafted by the Seattle Seahawks last year. And this kind of goes in line with our mention that the team has to be better at defending the pass out of base defense. So when you don't have your nickel corner on the field, if Bobby McCain comes off the field, you have to have linebackers covering wide receivers. Dolphins got into a lot of trouble with this with Kiko Alonso last year, where he's you know limping out there to a 10 to 12 yard landmark drop in a spot drop. And what a spot drop is, a zone coverage where you find an area on the field, you get to it, and then you start surveying and trying to read the, the routes and the quarterback. And it's a very tough job to do. But they have Kiko Alonso doing this. It didn't work. They have him out there just limping all over the field trying to chase tight ends and running backs. It didn't work. But now you can ex- defend these areas of extreme weakness with guys like Jerome Baker, with guys like Rayquad McMillan, because it gets more speed on the field into those base packages without sacrificing any work in the running game, because those base packages tend to be when teams want to run the football and get more yardage on first and 10 and the like. So his ability to kind of physically overmatch Darbo on that route, it was a simple little speed out route, a five yarder. He got in Darbo's face, jammed him up and was physical at the point of the catch. And he I think it was a pass breakup. He reached around with the front hand, had his arm on the back of Darbo's jersey, and made a nice play on the football. So very impressive work against a guy that got drafted, so one of his peers in the National Football League. And in the passing game, it's more than just coverage. He's an excellent blitzer with fantastic timing. He times these blitzes up exceptionally well from both the interior as well as the edge and like we talked about he's a very selfless player his work doesn't always show up on the stat sheet but he will definitely impact games in the passing game the running game whatever you want to call it in that 2016 Michigan game there was a play where he and McMillan had a blitz together another one of those cross dogs where they have to find responsibility and it's the same one where Baker jams up the center McMillan cross dog loops around the back he reads play action to the offside recognizes that the quarterback doesn't have protection to the play side and that's where he times his blitz and angles his blitz he gets in there hits spades arm ball gets flown up in the air malik hooker picks it off runs it back and changes the landscape of that football game so just little things like that can have big impacts on games so the more these guys do this stuff the more repetitive they are with it and the more willing they are to free guys up around them it can really really help the football team get stops and win games on defense so He has some weaknesses in his game as well, and we'll talk about that a little bit here. Taking on blocks is one of the things that people like to really point to in terms of him not being able to be physical enough at the point of attack, and there are instances where that happens. You go back to that 2016 Michigan game. That's a good example of how he can beat blocks. Now, that's a heavy-based personnel offense, a lot of two tight end sets, a lot of two back sets, a fullback play where he blows the fullback up. Posted that gif on Twitter today, at NFL. And he had to take on some second-level blocks, playing power football, gap schemes. These are guys that want to get downhill, get to the second level, and wipe him out. And he can win with quickness in those areas. He can sidestep those blocks. He can kind of keep his guy at bay with his long arms, and then disengage and get into the hole and make the right play. He will miss some tackles, but like we talked about in the LockdownDolphins.com piece, he was one of the better tacklers at linebacker in the country. So he has some areas to improve. He can get stronger and try to work on maybe using his hands a little better in that area. But you know, he won in that play, but he's definitely not flawless. You go to the Iowa game where I think every Ohio State buck I would like to burn that tape from this past year, but he had some real problems with getting off blocks. He also got washed up on a long Saquon Barkley run in the Penn State game in the middle of the field there with a second level block. So he has some things he can work on, but he's not completely deficient in that area. As far as coverage, now he's going to be a dynamo. This is going to be his role immediately early on, but. There are things he can work on in that area as well. He'll probably immediately be a solid man cover guy. He can cover backs and tight ends very, very well. But when it comes to zone coverage, he can get lost in space sometimes. And it's a tough ask, especially of a very young kid like this. But you can see him missing his mark and leaving guys wide open in both the hook and curl zones. Linebackers have to defend three main areas. The hook, the curl, the flat. You guys know the flat is basically the line of scrimmage extended out to the sidelines where running backs and tight ends tend to live. The hook and the curl zone, the best way I can describe that is... Kiko Alonso's pick six against the Chargers in 2016. That was defending the hook zone there. So that's kind of where linebackers work in coverage. You guys probably know that by now if you listen to the podcast. But there was one play where a backside crosser got him pretty good. It's a play action to the boundary side. He's reading that key. He flows in that direction. And then they bring a tight end from the play side on the other side of the formation, across the formation, behind Jerome Baker's back. He gets lost, gets spun around. It's a big pass play for the offense there. So some things he can fix, some things he can clean up. Where will he play? play in this defense next year how much will he play we'll discuss some of that and some more quarterback talk like I can know you guys love so so much next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins this is part four of the 360 series. We did Mika Fitzpatrick last Friday. We did Kalen Balage on Tuesday, Mike Gasecki on Wednesday. And now here we are on Thursday, May the 3rd, talking about Dolphins' new linebacker, Jerome Baker, and where his fit will be in this defense. Eventually, I think he is your starting 4-3 wheeled linebacker and competing with Kiko Alonso for that job. You Hopefully, he can beat him out Sooner rather than later, but it might take until Halloween, maybe Thanksgiving, later into the season. But his speed is such a need on this defense. It was such a big get to get someone like him. His work with Raquel McMillan gives him an added boost at least it could give an added boost in the minds of the decision makers, a.k.a. the coaching staff. But I've got him right now at about 50% to 75% of the snaps of the team's defensive snaps. And so you figure the team plays 100 snaps on defense. That's about the average, give or take. You figure he's going to play right around 500 to 700. Let's call it 600 in that range as a rookie. So much closer to the lower end of that 50 to 75% number. I think he will eventually seize the job entirely away from Kiko. We just don't know when that'll be quite yet, at which point his snap count, and you hope it's by 2019 at the latest, goes all the way up to a guy that never leaves the field, where he and Raquan McMillan are the unquestioned number one and number two linebackers that play every package on defense. So that's the hope with him. I think you have that upside. I am a firm believer the Dolphins absolutely crushed this draft class. I know I keep on telling you guys that I am, you know, all these optimism and Raw, raw type of speeches I give on the podcast, but I just fully believe in it. I laid the plan out before the season for you guys, What I would hope they had done. They have fixed the areas I hope they had fixed. They got the matchup piece and Mike Gusecki at tight end. They got speed at linebacker. They got Minka Fitzpatrick to help the back end play much better. And of course, Ryan Tannehill comes back and gives the Dolphins a much, much needed boost at the quarterback position. And speaking of quarterbacks, we got to talk a little bit of quarterback here to end this episode of Locked On Dolphins podcast. I posted a poll on Twitter today, as I record this on Wednesday, talking about Ryan Tannehill's numbers. And the numbers I gave were 68% completion, 3,600 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and 10 picks. And the reason I went with those numbers is that's extrapolated for a 16-game season. Those were the numbers he had through eight games in 2016, the final eight games that he played when the Dolphins went 7-1 and one. over that stretch. If you just go ahead and double those stats up, it gets you to the numbers that I gave you here on the podcast and on Twitter. So I asked if he gave you those numbers—68%, 3,600, 26 touchdowns, 10 picks—what would that make you view him as? A franchise quarterback in need of competition, and what I meant by that was like a mid-round draft pick, something we were talking about doing this year. Maybe a mid-level free agent, like a Teddy Bridgewater, someone to come in and provide competition to Ryan Tannehill, or flat out needing to replace him. Let's go ahead and read those results right now. It is evening out here on the West Coast on Wednesday night. But we have over 1,000 votes on that poll, and the numbers have skewed back in the correct direction a little more than I thought they would, but still... Some explaining to do from the Dolphins fan base. We have 57% saying he is a franchise quarterback at that point. You can button it up, forget the position, throw the key, and lock it away and not worry about it anymore. 39% said that he would need competition in 2019 with those statistics. And 4% said to replace him. Like I said, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. That's just ludicrous. That would be over a 100 passer rating in today's NFL And so you're wanting to replace a guy that basically a top, a 100 passer rating means you're in the top five of quarterbacks because there were five quarterbacks last year, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Alex Smith, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff. I know some of these names are not like the other in terms of their elite status, obviously Goff and Smith aren't considered elite, but Alex Smith played fantastic last year, got traded away. I would be not thrilled if that was the case with the Dolphins, if we had a quarterback play like that and then trade him away. I I love Patrick Mahomes, but getting rid of a number one rated passer is just... It seems crazy to me. But I saw some of the comments that he has to have 30 touchdowns for the season to be successful. And remember that Dan Marino eclipsed 30 touchdown passes two times in his career, twice out of 17 years. People compared those numbers to Case Keenum. And one thing you can look at there is the fact that the Vikings had the most loaded roster in the NFL. On defense was a big part of that. But Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are as good as it gets. Dalvin Cook was a stud for a long time. They had Jarek McKinnon doing things there. Kyle Rudolph, a competent offensive line there. And what I've heard from Dolphins fans on Twitter, from the national media, is that the Dolphins have are completely talent deficient. So we have to make our make up our mind there. Except for this one gem from our pal at Tuna Cliff, stating, or I don't know if it's at Tuna Cliff, but that's what everyone calls him, stating there is just too much talent on this team for him to not have three touchdown passes, which flies directly in the face of some of the things I've seen him tweet before. So very strange, very unique. I think this just kind of goes to show that a large portion of fans simply don't understand what a good quarterback season is, and I'm not trying to like, you know, play the hierarchy here, but that's a damn good season from a statistical standpoint. Obviously you're going to have to factor in some context into that. And I know that I've done it plenty and plenty of times. I don't believe in stats to be an ultimate indicator. You guys know that I've talked about his film so, so much, and I've posted so many gifs and so many articles talking about what Ryan Tannehill is outside of the box score. So please believe me that I know stats are not the final answer, but I personally expect more than those numbers from Ryan Tannehill. I actually think we're going to pass among the league leaders in the NFL this year. 600 typically is about where the high is for a team throwing the football a number of times per year. I think that's going to be the case with Adam Gaze this year. He finally has... The guys that he wants to run his offense I think will exceed the yardage number and touchdown numbers that I propose. I'm hoping that interception number stays right around there because he was very efficient with the football and didn't turn it over during that eight-game stretch. I think he's in for an absolute Pro Bowl year, but I think this experiment just goes to show that some people will never be allowed to have themselves convinced that Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, and especially you, 4%, that's had to replace him. Seriously, be ashamed of yourselves. All right, we've got one more 360 podcast to do on Notre Dame tight end Durham-Smythe. That'll be tomorrow, but that is going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL Follow the show, at Fins and follow our flagship show, at NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out the LockedOnDolphins.com blog page. You guys have a terrific rest of your night. Back tomorrow with another edition of Lockdown Dolphins Podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.